It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain now I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man Hey there, three Bs, my diamond dogs. <clears throat> I spent a bunch of time clearing my throat before I started this, and then it didn't matter. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Happy to have you back. It is early in the morning, not as early as I think it is. <laughs> um, I've been working a new job for a couple weeks, getting used to that schedule, and this has been interesting. I just got back uh, from Rockford, Illinois. I had the chance to go there for the 75th anniversary of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. You may have seen some of my photos or Instagram stories about it. If you did, congrats. If you didn't, guess what? I saved it as an Instagram story, so you can still check it out. I It was pretty great to get to go there. I, I took a red eye, which I haven't done in a minute. Flew at 11.20 p.m. from Los Angeles to Chicago at 5 in the morning, which was an interesting way to travel. There was a baby in first class on the red eye. I don't always travel first class. It just happened that this was a first class flight. So please don't mark me as an elitist now in your elitist column. But yeah, there was two babies on a red eye flight, which what friends, what are you doing? I, I try not to be too angry about babies or whatever, but this baby was screaming. Yeah, because it, it's a red eye flight. They don't want to be on a plane. Not a great idea. Somebody told me like parents are told to do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's got to be bad for the kid, and it's bad for everybody else. The guy next to me slept through it, though. The guy who had his sounds on while playing uh, solitaire on his phone, just tapping and flaffing. <laughs> and I was like, I can't. This is a three-hour red-eye flight. I'm just going to turn to him and ask him if he can turn it down. Maybe he doesn't even realize they're on. And I was like, hey, would you mind uh, turning your sounds off? And he was like, yeah, sure. He knew they were on. What's up with people that have phone sounds on all the time. I don't even have vibrate on on my phone anymore. Anyway, he turned it off, so then I had to just deal with the anxiety of the fact that I confronted somebody directly next to me. It turned out fine. So I went to Rockford. It was pretty amazing. I got a chance to uh, meet some of the ballplayers. Sis Waddell. Got to meet her. Mary Moore. Got to meet Perry Barber. Referee and Jeopardy contestant. Champion, I think. Uh, there are two men in Rockford who have been slowly restoring the stadium slash field in Rockford and just pretty cool. They're doing it all based on donations. 
And I feel like the Major League Baseball Association company, corporation, could maybe kick a few bucks their way to do that, but they probably won't because they don't do those kinds of things. So anyway, it was very humid in Rockford. I forgot about humidity. People in Los Angeles love to say, oh my God, it's so humid today. And I'm like, you don't have any idea what humidity is. It's just hot. That's not what humidity is. Humidity is moisture heat. Um, I also got to hang out with Megan Cavanaugh again, who played Marla Hooch in the movie, A League of Their Own. She's a wonderful human being. Um, and I got to meet Cat D. Williams, different Cat Williams, uh, who wrote a book about the league and its effect on the women. Um, and I, I just started reading that book and I recommended it last week. I, I definitely recommend it again. It's a great story of, hey, how do sports affect people? Um, because I think often it's very easy to think that sports are a uh, frivolous luxury, and they can be. Uh, she mentions, you know, a lot of her college students who are questioning this, um, you know, or middle class, working class, whatever you want to, whatever parlance of whatever times you want to use for people with less money, <laughs> um, whatever I'm from, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, seeing sports as a luxury, which I, you know, can totally see and I think grew up with. Um, but sports can be a place for people just like art to express themselves, find themselves, learn skills. And then especially for girls, women, non-binary kids, trans kids, uh, it's a great place to learn acceptance and, um, so confidence, teamwork, belief in oneself, those kinds of things that ma manufactured belief system of self-esteem. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a great experience and um you know i a couple episodes ago talked about going to the negro negro league museum excuse me um in kansas city and it was wonderful to get to see tony stone connie morgan and maybe peanut johnson's um uh curated pieces there their busts and their place in history so unfortunately those two things sort of i wouldn't say coexist they existed sort of against each other. So anyway, just want to make sure we remember all the women that played baseball. Because that's the thing. You want to remember all the women that played baseball. <laughs> There's a chance that if that movie hadn't come out in 1992, nobody would have really known that those women played baseball. And then that movie coming out in 92, you know, there's a 30-second nod to the fact that black women played baseball but not in the Negro Leagues. So let's all just stay super educated and learn these stories. There's plenty of books out there. I recommended them last week. And speaking of women and girls and non-binary kids and AFAB kids and trans kids in baseball, just wanted to give a shout out to a friend of the podcast, Justine Siegel, and uh, her organization, Baseball for All, for representing a lot of great kids at the uh, Breakthrough Series in Florida. You should go to both of their Instagram accounts and Twitters. First of all, follow them. And second of all, check out all the awesome baseball that was happening down in Florida. Uh, there's just some really great, really great baseball players. So check that out. A lot of them are going to be at their their um, yearly tournament, which is also going to be in Rockford the first weekend in August. So if you can get to that, you should go to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think I might be there. So check that out. Um, so I will be back after this short message with some thoughts about baseball.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You guys, I finally got a hit this week. I got an RBI and I laid down a perfect bunt, but I got thrown out at first. I was so amped I fell into the dugout. But guess what underwear I was wearing when I got that hit? That's right. Tomboy X. Micromodal. Six, four inch, six inch boxer briefs, I think. Those are those are my favorite. It's almost like wearing nothing. I was just a hitting machine, one for four. It is time to stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident. Today is the day, y'all. Today is the day. You need underwear. You need to get away from underwear with more frills than function and underwear that your mom got to fem you up if you don't want to be femmy. Underwear that's made to fit you and how you see yourself. Bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks, and boy shorts. Soft bras, racerback bras, and everyday basic colors, fun seasonal prints, and brilliant colors. All options come in extra small to 4X. So regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody feels comfortable in. And check out their neutrals because they have shades of nude in more than one shade of nude. That is progress, my friends. So go to tomboyx.com slash baseball and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. And Three Swings listeners get an extra 15% off with code baseball. Again, that's code baseball for an extra 15% off so you can ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to tomboyx.com slash baseball. All right, we're back. What a great ad. I gotta, gotta say. That person doing the ads for this show. Great reader. So a couple things happened around the league this last week. Um, Charlie Culbertson, he has a walk-off record. Charlie Culbertson hit another walk-off homer for Atlanta on Sunday against the Nationals. That's his second of the year. The first was against the Mets just a week prior. And I thought he hit two this week. Well, anyway, bench coach Brett, thank you for the notes. Uh, before this, Culbertson's last regular season home run was for the Dodgers on September 25th, 2016. Vin Scully's last home bro- broadcast, which was also a walk-off, which was such a tremendous moment. So Charlie Culbertson is the first player in MLB history to hit three successive walk-off home runs in the regular season without hitting a non-walk-off home run in between. 
Brett says he couldn't find a clear way of saying this. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cl clear. Uh, and he did it over the course of three seasons. I feel like these random st statistical anomalies and records happen more in baseball than any other sport. Is that true? And if so, why? Are there just more stats th that are kept track of so the likelihood of an anomalies and coincidences is increased? And speaking of pinch hitters, who are your pinch hit all-stars? So I think the coincidences of anomalies like this are increased for a sport like baseball because of the specialized positions and specialized hitting. Things like pinch hitting, it's, it's so specific and there are so many players on the field and in a lineup that it does allow for these sort of strange occurrences to happen. We also keep record of the strangest little stats. I took a picture of one the other night because it was a stat that I really loved, which was capping off a three-run game, capping off players to end three-home run game with walk-off home run last five instances are Eddie Rosario, Sunday versus Cleveland, Manny Machado, uh, August 18th, 2017 versus the Angels, Chris Davis, May 17th, 2016 versus the Rangers, Joey Votto, May 13th, 2012 versus the Nationals, and Albert Pujols, for the St. Louis Cardinals, April 16th, 2006, versus Cincinnati. So what a interesting statistic there. <laughs> and those are just the last five instances. Um, so then to, to speak to my pinch hit all-stars, I would say that Jesus uh, Aguilar, Max Muncy, Johan Camargo. Those are the top three off the top of my head. Um, so that's just a couple picks. Greg Allen from Cleveland? Think about it. The AL and NL players of last week were Edwin Encarnacion and Matt Kemp. Amazing. What year is this? The MLB really did turn back the clock. I'm happy for both these dudes. Edwin Encarnacion and Matt Kemp are both not just crushing the baseball. I think Matt Kemp is hitting something like 347 right now. They're also playing incredible defense. And they're old for baseball. It's pretty fantastic. And it makes me very happy. Um, Javi Baez stole home again this season. Amazing base running. Steve Matz didn't even consider it a possibility. Here's Javi Baez's explanation. He, Steve Matz, can't see me. I was just seeing how high he was going with the leg. If he goes to the plate, I would just come back to third base. He took his time to go to first. I went for it. I'm glad I made it. Base running is absolutely the most underappreciated aspect of the game. Consistently color commentators, announcers, are talking about how how rare it is for players to steal bases. I feel like it is a missing part of the game, and I'm curious, it's probably due to the fact that so many players are trying to hit fly balls that it's too risky to send runners if you're trying to hit the ball in the air. Because for those uh, of you not quite as baseball whatever, which is totally great, um, if you are on base and the ball goes up in the air and somebody catches it, you have to tag up, which means the base that you're currently on, let's say first base, you have to, at the moment the player catches the ball, be on first base and then you can advance. So you're essentially stealing after the ball has been caught, which it's not referred to that way, but in your mind, it might make more sense. So therefore, if players are trying to hit the ball in the air because they want to hit home runs, it would make sense that we wouldn't be sending our runners as often because the ball is just in the air. I like base running. I think that stealing is a missing part of the game. And it's just like the the thing, one of the things that I love so much about baseball 
is the little mini games within the game. So you have the pitcher batter battle, then you have the pitcher versus runner battle, you have the infielders versus bat batter or runners battle, you have the double play battle, you have all these little battles. And I feel like it's not, you know, it's a more full game if you if you do things like send runners. It just makes sense. Speaking of Javi Baez, um, last week the Cubs were playing the Pittsburgh Pirates in Pittsburgh, and Anthony Rizzo struck again. <laughs> he slid into home inside the base paths to take out the catcher. It was not Francisco Cervelli. It was a different catcher, and I apologize for not having his name right in front of me. He It was a double play ball, which means the bases were loaded. So they went to home for the force out, which, again, if you're not as baseball initiated, a force out is when the runner has to advance, which means there's someone on the base behind that him and then a base behind them. So you have to advance. If the bases are loaded, you have to move. You can't stay at the base that you're on. So Anthony Rizzo had to go home, so they went to home for the force on the plate, and he slid in to take the catcher out, which is... According to baseball, these days, illegal. Now, we can get into a fight about the rule and whether it should be there, but the fact of the matter is, Anthony Rizzo uh, did an illegal slide. That is not debatable. Uh, it's very clearly an illegal slide. He did the same thing last year and gave Austin Hedges, catcher for the San Diego Padres, a concussion. Um, he did a similar thing, a, a slide where he did come into contact with him. Joe Torrey, commissioner of baseball, said on record that it was an illegal slide, but that they weren't going to do anything to Anthony Rizzo for it. Now, everybody knows that I am not the biggest Cubs fan. However, this has nothing to do with it, other than the fact that, like, I think it's either enforce the rule or get rid of the rule. That's what I think, because... I listen to a lot of people on MLB Network talk about this. I've listened to a lot of my favorite uh, Twitter baseball people talk about this. You can't have a rule that is supposed... The, the point of the rule is to protect catchers in baseball, right? So there's this faction of baseball fans who believe that contact is a part of the game. That's how it's always been. That's how it's going to be played. Uh, you know, men are men, masculinity, whatever. And look, there's a big part of me that also agrees with that. That's the baseball I grew up on. I grew up on 80s baseball, and you ran into the catcher. That's, you know, speaking of a league of their own, that's the play that that movie ends on is a catcher-base runner showdown. And again, like, that's what I grew up on. So I don't, I'm not a person that's like, oh, I don't like this. But I also think concussions are a real serious problem, period, for everybody. And we need to take them seriously. They cause serious serious uh mental health issues and physical damage to these to, to players to uh, other people that have suffered concussions is very dangerous you know we're talking about a sport where chris bryant just got hit in the face i mean it was a serious it could have been a serious problem now he's wearing one of those c masks they keep talking on mlb network that everybody's gonna be wearing those they should i used to be like those look crazy who cares like, John Olerud got hit. In, I mean, you could be killed. And so these rules, just like the Utley rule at second base, you know, you can't, these slides to break up double plays, you can't try to intentionally hurt somebody. And just me personally, like, I know I've been on record about, like, fights are fine, whatever. 
And I, I a little bit of that I do agree with. But again, if you're going to have this rule to protect your catchers, which I think you need to have because Pete Rose effectively ended the career of a young rookie catcher for Cleveland in the 70s during an All-Star game, which is an exhibition game. It didn't even matter for anything back then. He essentially ruined his career running into him doing the same thing. So it took, you know, 30 years for them to implement anything to protect the catcher. Because in this instance, if you look at the photo, he is just like dead to rights. Like there's no, he has no protection. He's not turned toward the base runner because he's trying to turn a double play. So Anthony Rizzo slides in again, doesn't get in any trouble. And I just think it's unfair. This guy has, he's a dirty player doing this people are like oh he's scrappy this is how he plays well the rule is there on to protect the guy and he shouldn't be doing it and i don't know is the mlb just owing him for the rest of his life because he got the cubs a world series ring and got them got millions of people back into baseball maybe but i don't think it's fair to just let a guy get away with this rule breaking twice in a row two seasons in a row when he could have seriously injured somebody and again, like I said, either have the rule and enforce it or get rid of the rule because because you're it, it it's a false sense of security for the catcher, for the second base or shortstop that this rule will protect them. This rule has been implemented in high school and college for years. So another point that was made by John Hart on MLB Network, former GM of Cleveland, is that players are growing up not learning to protect themselves because there's a rule in place and they can't, you know, these slides can't be done. So they don't learn this thing. And then they come into contact with players who play for contact. Some people are going to get seriously hurt. So my point is you have to put a rule in place and then enforce it or else what's the point of the rule. So then of course there's a ton of retaliation. Joe Musgrove, a huge pitcher for the pirates, like retaliates on Javi Baez the next day. It just starts a whole, like all they had to do was say Anthony Rizzo's slide was illegal, plunk him for the fine, and then no retaliation. So hopefully. So anyway, it's just frustrating to me personally. Um, so speaking of retaliation, Mike Fears hits Giancarlo again. Mike Fears, pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, uh, is the pitcher who also hit Giancarlo in the face, which was his season-ending uh, injury a couple years ago. One of the reasons why, you know, Giancarlo was a big trade target and why everybody was looking forward to him having a healthy season because he was out for an entire season getting hit in the face and he was one of the first players to wear the C mask that I mentioned before. Um, so he plunks Mac Mike Fears. Mike Fears clearly didn't do it on purpose, but I can understand Giancarlo being really upset. Like, how are you going to do this again? Then Giancarlo comes up to bat blasts a home run. So I think he finally got the last word of that. Mike fears you should probably just intentionally walk Giancarlo next time. I feel like let's just keep it on the up and up. You know what I mean? Uh, Michael Waka, pitcher for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, lost a no-hit bid in the ninth inning for the second time in his career. Yikes. Pittsburgh Pirates strike again. They ended the uh, perfect bid and no-hit bid for my favorite Rich Hill last year. So as much as I want to love the Pirates, I can't. Jake Arrieta, in post-game interviews after the Phils got swept by the Giants this weekend, was openly critical of his own team, calling out players and giving specific examples. To quote, we've had bad defensive shifts. We had a checked swing. Shortstop Scott Kingery should have gone to second on a play. We're the worst in the league with shifts, so we need to change that. What do I think? Is this good or bad leadership? Are the Phils hitting a wall? I think the Phils might be hitting a wall 
They've got all the pieces, but I just don't think their management is going to get them there. I think they're going to have a great season, but I think they might start fading against the Braves who are just doing everything right. I think when the guy that comes on to bring you all together starts being openly critical of his players, um, that's a big problem. I think it's going to confidence. Reese Hoskins hit himself in the face with a foul ball, fractured his own jaw. They lost pretty badly a couple of games to the Los Angeles Dodgers, and then they got swept by the Giants. I think they're on a skid. I think they'll be able to come out of it, but I don't know. Hopefully they'll stay in contention for the wild card spot, but I do see the threads coming undone just a little bit for these Phillies. And I think Jake Arrieta, while he is a leader in the clubhouse, one thing it's one thing to pick on your management and your coaching, but it's another to shit on your shortstop. You can keep that in the clubhouse. You can say that to him. I just don't think... I mean, look, he had an issue last year with Chicago and Miguel Montero, the catcher, one of the catchers for Chicago, because Miguel Montero opened his mouth first about pitchers not going to first to pick off runners and him not getting any help, and then Arietta backed that up and the Cubs let him go, let Montero go. But I think you don't... You just... Look, man, Scott Kingery knows he messed up, you don't need to put him on blast to MLB Network and everybody else. That's just me, though. I'm not a pitcher, so I don't know how that goes. But if my pitcher said something about me making an error or the wrong throw or something like that, I'd be pissed. Because, <laughs> like, they're there for you and they make a mistake. I mean, it's the same as Trevor Bauer getting mad at Francisco Lindor for making two errors. Like, you just don't do that. I don't know. But that's me. And we'll be back right after this with some more Twitter questions. Get ready for an ad. Look, I am a very unique person, and every single one of you that listens to this podcast is, an, is a unique individual person. You've got style. You've got grace. Rita Hayworth gave good face. So you've got to keep your face looking good by getting sleep. There's nobody on the planet like you, so why would you buy a mattress built for everybody else? That is a great question. Working with the world's leading sleep experts, Helix Sleep developed a mattress that's customized to your specific height, weight, and sleep preferences so you can have the best sleep of your life at an unbeatable price. Here's how it works. Go to helixsleep.com, fill out their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll design your custom mattress. They can even customize each side for you and a partner. How about that? In 2018, Helix Sleep has taken customized sleep to the next level with the Helix Pillow. The all-new pillows are fully adjustable so you can achieve perfect comfort regardless of sleep position or body type. Helix Sleep has thousands of five-star reviews, plus you get 100 nights to try them out. That's a lot of nights. Go to helixsleep.com slash three swings right now, and you'll get up to $125 towards your mattress order. That's a big chunk of change. That's helixsleep.com slash three swings for up to $125 off your mattress order. Helixsleep.com slash three swings. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
All right, we're back with some more rosin bag. Drayla says, what's your take on purposeful walks of good hitters? I think it's kind of giving up, but there is strategy to it. So I'm guessing that this person means a uh, intentional walk. I mean, I think that there's good and bad to an intentional walk. If your pitcher, if you don't have confidence in your pitcher getting, you know, so, uh, someone like Giancarlo Stanton out, then I think it's good. But the opposite, the flip side of an intentional walk is it fires up the next person to come up to bat because they're like, oh, you think you can't get them out, but you think you, you got a better chance with me? Well, I'll show you what, what, you know? So I love that little game about it. Um, personally, I miss the throws. I mean, I get you got to speed up the game. I don't get that you got to speed up the game. The game was fine. I think there's a lot of rules they could implement that would make the game a lot better, like the rule I was talking about before with illegal slides and, and guys getting hurt. I just don't think it's... <laughs> I mean, the intentional walk thing is like, okay, all right, so we we shaved off five seconds from the game. Um, they've added I don't know how many seconds with all these reviews. Um, and speaking of reviews, the NBA can go to hell. <laughs> uh, when I saw that reversal call and then everything that happened after it, I was like, well, we got one. We already got our championship, so who cares? Um, infuriating. I know that's not baseball, but um, I think you reverse a call that you've never reversed in basketball before in the first game of the finals. Something's up. I Something's up with that. Just don't like it. LeBron James scores 51 points. You reverse a charging call. He was three feet out of the charging circle. Again, you enforce a rule. You don't enforce a rule. How, how are you supposed to play the game if you don't know which rules are going to get enforced? That's, that's my take on it. Um, Ang Hug says the women's college world series started today. I know it's not baseball, but maybe one day you'll cover a game or two on three swings pod. That would be awesome. I really enjoyed the women's softball, uh, world series. I've watched a couple of the games here and there while traveling, um, you know, sort of rebroadcast and I highly recommend it. I don't hate softball. Um, I don't like that women are women, girls, non-binary kids. Uh, you know, um, AFAB kids, that's assigned female at birth for you not in the know. Um, <laughs> for everybody not in the know. Um, I don't like that they get forced to play a game that they don't necessarily want to play. So I don't inherently or intrinsically have a problem with softball. It's just that I think if you want to play baseball, you should be allowed to play baseball. I thought this was a free country, but we all know that's up for debate. Um, so I do highly recommend everybody watch the College World Series of softball because it is, I mean, like it, th that's serious. I go back to last year when a gal from the team that won South Carolina, I think, uh, the pitcher was throwing out a first pitch for Kansas City and uh, Mike Moustakis and another Greg or Greg Brutera were, Drew Brutera were down in the uh, pen, the like practice pen, and she was throwing pitches and almost knocked Butera over because he wasn't taking it seriously enough. So like it's a, a awesome sport to watch. Support these women and watch the games. Um, and then our final question from Desserts to Die For. Check out Carlos Gomez comments on random drug testing. I agree with Carlos Gomez. He says that they're pretty much only testing the Latin Latino players. Hey, that's what I said. I agree with you, Carlos Gomez. I agree. You are correct, sir. <laughs> I told you. You heard it here first on Three Swings Pod like you usually do. I would love to see a white player get tested. They're not going to do it, though. Okay. 
So it's Pride Month, and I just wanted to say to everybody out there, happy Pride Month. Uh, it's a di- difficult one. Um, it's always a difficult one. That's the point of Pride. That's why we're out there. I've been noticing a lot of people have conversations on Twitter, and I know that Twitter is not real life. But that's also something I want to mention to everybody. Just remember, Twitter is not real life. It's not real life. It's a good place where we can have conversations. We can meet each other. Um, Just remember that when you make Twitter friends, they are Twitter friends. They're not really real life friends. So keep yourself protected out there. Make sure you're not giving too much of yourself away. Um, And also keep those conversations civil. Let's talk to each other about pride and identity and who's what and what's what. But I was noticing a lot of people discussing who's welcome at Pride and who's not. And number one, I just want to say before I get too far into this, I do not mean cops. (laughs) I don't mean police or FBI or any other sort of, uh, you know, uh, arm of the state here. What I'm talking about is identities and people who are associated with Pride. So I don't want to get I'm trying to be purposely uh, uh, sort of non-specific because I want to be inclusive, but I don't mean cops because, of course, when I was trying to say this on Twitter, the first person to respond thinks, oh, you mean cops. Cops aren't welcome at Pride. That's not who I'm talking about. Cops is not an identity. (laughs) So, and also, we talk so much about identity politics and the problem of that. Sure. I mean, we could have, I could have a whole nother podcast about identity politics, good and bad. Identity politics are not inherently bad. That's something that people say because a straight white cis man or straight white cis woman is sort of is the default. It's seen as, quote, neutral in our culture. And so I hesitate like we've made the word politically words politically correct charged in a negative way and identity politics charged in a negative way. So let's work to just make those things neutral because that's all we're trying to do. So my whole point about pride is this. I've seen people argue about whether straight people are invited, all these things. And a lot of people saying, look, you don't even know that those people are straight. You're judging them based on the fact that it's a what you think is a cis woman with a cis man together with no other, you know, desires or wants or anything. You don't know if they're bi, if they're pan, if they're this. Exactly. You don't know. So the whole point of pride is that everyone who feels that they are a part of this community is welcome and you get to take up space. The point of pride was to march and be out in the streets outside of houses where we had to keep private to be safe, be all these things. It was to get in the streets, to show our faces to each other and take up space and show our faces to the out group, which is, you know, the people that aren't in that group. And so, look, if somebody is straight as hell (laughs) and they want to come to pride, they are welcome to do so. And if they come there and start taking it over, the job is just you take up as much space. That's what we need to do. Pride is a day where we're supposed to be safe. It doesn't mean that we are going to be, but we should go out there and be as loud and be as proud and be as big as we possibly can and be kind, be respectful and take up space and everything will sort itself out. If the wrong person is there, then the wrong person is there and they will leave. If, if you are as as queer, as lesbian, as gay, as bi, as pan, as intersex, as uh, asexual, as you can be, as bi, I said bi, as trans, <laughs> as non-binary, as you can be on that day, on that march, whatever it is, 
put everything outward. Just promise me that this pride on a day you are going to p- put this stuff outside for a little bit because Twitter makes us we 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 take everything in. And so we internalize all this stuff. Let pride be a day that you externalize some things. Um, and I just want to take a shout out to the Toronto Blue Jays who are having a former NWHL player and uh, out trans guy, um, Harrison Brown, throw out the first pitch on their pride night. So go to that game if you can. Shout out to the Sonoma Stompers who have pride. Uh, they're an independent uh, baseball team that I've talked about a lot. And shout out to Sean Doolittle and Aaron Dolan for uh, being so loud and uh, vocal and such great advocates of their LGBTQ night uh, for the Washington Nationals. I know there's, uh, you know, a homophobic outspoken player that I've talked about on that team. So I really appreciate them just, you know, leading with their wonderful examples and reaching out to the D.C. LGBTQ Youth Center. Um, they're both very wonder- wonderful, and I-, I appreciate it so much. It's such a big deal to see both of them, but specifically Sean, because he is a Major League Baseball player and a white guy at that, um, and who's very vocal about other issues like wounded vets and uh, refugees. It's a big deal for him to be so vocal and just so, like, sort of nonchalantly vocal, but also very smart about it. I really appreciate it, and that's those are two really great examples of allies who are vocal but also know... You know, it's not about them, which is really nice. Um, and just a shout out to the fact that I want everybody to know that uh, I use LGBTQIA as much as possible because that's kind of where we've gone with that. And I know that, you know, some intersex people don't want to be counted there. Some people don't like the word queer because it's triggering for them. And I just want to mention that A is not for ally. It's for asexual, and I'm sure there's a lot of asexual people who maybe don't want to be included either. So I apologize if you don't want to be. But sometimes being super inclusive means including people that don't want to be included. So I don't know how to fix that because like when you drop the letters, then you're not being as inclusive. So language is difficult. You know, it's it's very difficult. And that's why I think we need to just be out around each other and, um, you know, take in the good energy and the positive vibes as much as you can. And let's try to make a lot of our pride stuff this year about community organizing, about um, uh, speaking and taking care of each other about issues that cross many boundaries, not just um, corporate sponsorship. Like, let's let's get away from the vodka and let's move towards the grassroots. Let's do that. Um, so this has been another episode of Three Swings Pod. Next week we are going to have an interview. I'm not sure who it's going to be, but look forward to that. And um, I thank all of you for listening to this podcast and sticking with me with these new schedules and all this going on. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, follow us on Twitter at Rhea Butcher, at Three Swings Pod, at Forever Dog uh, something. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, subscribe, review. Uh, it just helps us do the things that we do. And as always, if you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.